widely shared prosperity. The Russian financial crisis of 1998 imposed significant costs on the population, including a sharp rise in prices for basic goods as a result of the rapid depreciation of the ruble, and helped set the stage for the emergence of a new generation of leaders committed to stability and order, even at the cost of economic and political liberalization. By the end of the decade, a demoralized Russian public welcomed the arrival of a strong new leader. Putin, the former head of Russia's security services, took office in late 1999, promising an end to chaos and a return to stability. By tightening his control over the state bureaucracy, Putin fulfilled his promise. And as rising oil and gas prices filled government coffers, he also managed to raise the standard of living of ordinary Russians. The focus during this time was on domestic renewal rather than foreign engagement. Although Putin did indicate a desire for increased cooperation with the United States, especially when it came to confronting common threats, such as terrorism. As Russia's confidence and wealth grew, however, the Kremlin became increasingly concerned about what it perceived as Western encroachment in its sphere of influence, as successive countries in Central and Eastern Europe, including the three Baltic states, opted to join NATO and the EU. Putin chafed at what he saw as Washington's growing power and arrogance, especially in the wake of the 2003 invasion of Iraq, and he gradually abandoned any thought of seeking common ground with the West. The first signs of this shift came unexpectedly in a speech Putin delivered at the Munich Security Conference in 2007. He railed against NATO expansion and accused the United States of running roughshod over the sovereignty of other countries in its pursuit of a unipolar world. In Putin's eyes, Washington aimed at nothing less than world domination. One single center of power, one single center of force, one single center of decision-making, it is a world in which there is one master, one sovereign. And it wasn't just Putin's rhetoric that changed. That same year, Russia exploited internal disagreements between ethnic Russians and Estonians to launch a cyber attack against Estonia's government, media outlets, and banking system. The following year saw the first overt military expression of Moscow's new foreign policy direction, Russia's war with Georgia, ostensibly designed to secure the independence of two breakaway regions, but in fact meant to send a clear message that Russia was prepared to stymie Georgia's ambition to join the West. The Putin Playbook Although Moscow achieved its objectives in the war against Georgia, the conflict laid bare real weaknesses in Russia's armed forces, including failing command and control, a woeful lack of military training, and significant shortcomings in its military hardware. Some 60 to 70 percent of Russian tanks and armored vehicles broke down during the five days of fighting, and although Russia's per capita military spending was 56 percent greater than Georgia's that year, the heavy armor deployed by Tbilisi was far more modern and advanced than Moscow's. None of these deficiencies went unnoticed in Moscow, and the Kremlin immediately embarked on a massive military reform and modernization program. Between 2007 and 2016, Russia's annual military spending nearly doubled, reaching $70 billion, the third highest level of defense spending in the world, following the United States and China.
Military spending in 2016 amounted to 5.3% of Russia's GDP, the highest proportion since Russia's independence in 1990, and the highest percentage spent on defense by any major economy that year. In 2011, Moscow announced a 10-year modernization program that included $360 billion in new military procurement. At the same time, the Russian armed forces began a wholesale restructuring and an overhaul of their training programs. The effect of these improvements became clear in Ukraine six years after the war in Georgia. As Kiev was rocked by political upheaval over its ties to the EU, Putin, who had once told U.S. President George W. Bush that Ukraine was not even a state and claimed that the Soviet Union had given the territory of Crimea to Ukraine in 1954 as a gift, responded by invading and annexing Crimea in early 2000.